0: Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 181. You've got Chris and Brian and this time around we're going to talk about a training exercise that we did where we tried to put together a lot of different skills ranging from kind of the mental side of things, you know, doing target discrimination, um, switching between the right and left sides of the brain, uh, a bunch of movement, and then obviously, you know, being able to run the the handgun, uh, kind of at the subconscious level, yep. um, or at least at the consciously competent level, kind of tying a whole bunch of different things together.
1: Absolutely, um, the the breaking down kind of what the drill was because it was the same drill a number of different times. Uh, what essentially you had a, a you had two hits on any target you engaged. You had to discriminate which targets to engage and which targets not to. But you started off with just a steel plate, hit it on the beep, move from to a point of cover. Uh, out from cover, engage the steel plate, and then engage whatever you could see next, if it needed to be engaged. Uh, And then work your way laterally across the range, parallel to the backstop, working through other points of cover, um, mostly vertical, some of which was like, one of them was a port, and, and engaging at those, again, scanning the full scan clearing that doorway or that port because you had some targets you could engage from position A, but not position B. You had some from position B that you couldn't see from position A, et cetera. And then across to position C, position C actually was C and D or C1 and C2 because there was yeah. a doorway to your left and then there was cover to your right. Um, and again, you had to clear basically all of the corners effectively. Um, we put a timer to this. Not, well, anyway, there's steel plate at the end. Yeah. And the steel plate at the end, with your stop timer, puts you hits on it.
0: And that was uh, like a, an eight-inch round Yeah.
1: Yeah. Easy peasy at at probably ten yards, maybe. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Maybe. Um, but the point was to work your way across. We put it. We put a timer to it. The only reason we put a timer to it was is is to add that level of oh shit, where am I at? How to give you? We we put the timer to it to give you a metric for how long it took you to see if you could do it better, faster the next time. I think the shooters perceive the timer just to be something to make them go, oh, shit, I need to move a little faster. And you're mixing in moving fast with pieing corners, clearing corners and stuff like that, which sometimes mentally doesn't necessarily go together. Um, But the point of the whole thing was to to kind of pile everything together and make you do all the things. Do you want to talk about the targets first? Sure. So okay. the,
0: the targets were just standard USPSA cardboard backers. Yep. Uh, and they had four little pieces of velcro on them. Yep. To which we attached sort normal letter sized envelopes that had single digits written on each envelope.
1: And the and those could have been those could have been envelopes, they could have been three index by five cards, note cards or yeah. index four by sixes, whatever, just visually something big enough so easily you visible it. from twelve yards. Or twenty yards. Yeah, whatever. Yep. 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 Okay.
0: Yeah, and then any targets that were added up to an odd number um, were hostile targets. Yep. Um, targets that had nothing on them were no shoots. Yep. And then targets that added up to an even number um, were no shoots. Exactly. So you had to do, what, second, third grade math?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty easy math. Um, and, and, again, we could put some of the targets had four numbers on them you had to figure out. And some of the targets had three, some had two. One so and one. none. Yeah. And so, you know, so it was so obviously the no-shoots, um, the zero was a no-shoot because zero is not technically an integer. Um, it's a holding place, you know, kind of mentality. Um, although one of our guys thought that anything with a zero really needed shot a lot, actually. Um, but he's of Italian descent, and you never know what those Italians yeah. are going to do. They're crazy. So. But anyway, so you had to do math. Not hard math, but you had to do math. Um,
0: and you had to scan the entire target.
1: Yes. Yeah, you had to see the whole thing before you could engage it, which is probably not a really bad idea. Um, I'll, I'll do a quick sidebar here. Um, we've done photorealistic training nights in the past, um, especially under low light, but even in, even in mid-light and daylight, but especially under low light when you pie a corner on a photorealistic target – and you see a threat, as in a gun or something like that, point in your general direction, um, on a photorealistic target, and you engage that target with what meat you can see, because you're taught at a lot of shooting schools and in a lot of environments that, hey, when you're pine a corner, if you see the bad guy, you put bullets in meat, whatever meat you get first, right? So you see the gun sticking out in a shoulder, and maybe you choose to put a round into it, or you pop the corner and shoot, and engage the target because you know it's a threat except you find out that it had a badge on its belt down low or it had a badge hanging around its neck on a photorealistic target and you realize that you just shot a cop. He had a gun pointed at you, but he wasn't a bad guy. So so that a, a part of this conversation is when you start looking at photorealistic targets, pine corners, and doing things of that nature, um, seeing a weapon does not equate exactly to, to a shoot target and so putting the numerical indices on your targets and having you have to figure out adding it up, you needed to see the whole thing before you could add it up. I think that's a really good practice. Um, and everybody's going to, you know, all the tactical guys out there are going to go, but you're exposing more of your body than you need to. Well, you're also not shooting somebody that doesn't need shot. Um, and I understand both those things are, are conflicting interests uh, when I'm trying to keep my lumpy, soft carcass alive. Um, but that was something that I think I, I think having all corners of the target as needed to be visually confirmed before you shot was a big deal especially in light of past experiences where yeah. we were shooting more rapidly maybe than we should have been we didn't have enough input we needed more data um, in this case you had to get the data before you could make the shot or you were likely to screw it up so yep. okay so back to what we were doing
0: yeah so I mean the, when this kind of gets broken down you had four separate engagements yep um, for the street, you know, zones where you needed to do work. Um, you know, if you did things correctly, a mm-hmm. good run was, what, 60 seconds-ish? Ish. Yeah, ish. Um, some guys were significantly more than 60 seconds-ish. Uh, we did do this at the end. We just took all the numbers off and made everything a hostile target. And, and it cut the time in half. down. 40, and well, I cut it by a third like, anyway. Yeah, 40, 40 seconds was a good run. Yeah. Um, yep. There were, what, like 14 or 15 targets? Yeah. It was... Yeah, it was yeah, a lot. It was a lot of targets. Um, yeah. it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and and guys, the part of this too, and and I don't know, and I don't know if this is by design because this was this was your array. Um, there wasn't a lot of, and I don't mean this to pick on anybody. There just wasn't necessarily a lot of context given. So some guys choose to run it like a USPSA match ish, where they move, or maybe an IDPA match, where they move through it quickly. Yeah. They utilize cover, um, maybe not as, maybe not quite as tight as you might have. Um, maybe not quite as tight as you could have, but a little faster. And then other guys choose to, to, to do the pie, the old school pie where you're a little bit scan, little bit scan, little bit scan, little bit scan, little bit scan. Um, you know, so we had different variations of that that created some different time formats. But again, I think for me, the mentality was, I'd like to be a little quicker than the last time because I'd like to be a little more efficient in transition. Um, the, the, the scanning, I don't think anybody scanned anything poorly I do think that at some point when we said, okay, run fast, you run to the port and shoot through the port, that's USPSA, not IDPA. And IDPA is about half of what you should be doing if it's actually under their theory from a point of going slow and yeah. actually not getting shot because it's defensive pistol, right? right. So so that this was kind of doing whatever you were do, going to do mentally and, and trying to see what shook out of that. What honestly shook out of it? Starting with just a few different things, I'll run through you, add to them, or 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 yeah, let's, or let's we'll, go. yeah. Um, starting at the beginning, you were starting behind cover and you knew in general that there was a threat to your left around vertical cover. Um, on the beep, a lot of guys just took their sweet ass time getting their gun out and getting position behind cover before they poked.
0: Yeah, it was like beeps at 3.5 seconds for sure,
1: yeah. It was in and, and so, and the reality check is. If, you know, if we're talking about your carcasses on the line and or you're at a match and don't want to get smoked or monkey stomped by everybody else, you still need to get your gun out with alacrity. It needs to happen right now. Uh, For whatever reason, we had a few folks mentally that were just kind of not, lackadaisically. You lollygag here, you lollygag there. What's the movie? Bull Durham? Where it throws all the bats out of major league. I don't know. Anyway, they were were lollygagging. Um, And so that was like right at the bat. There was like a mental switch that hadn't quite been flicked to run through this uh where where guys were drawing slowly now i get pressing out from cover maybe a little bit slowly but the gun should still be out pushing for that one five draw to target yeah and it wasn't
0: even the the press out yeah it was a very slow presentation
1: yeah it looked exaggerated like somebody was slowing it down for a michael bay movie Mm -hmm. Um, yeah 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 And and if 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 it was a jet if it was like a Chow Yun Fat movie with like the Asian director that the doves always fly out, and you were a Belgian martial artist who could do the splits, um, then it would have been perfect. But for the rest of us normal people in a gunfight or a real situation, it was way too slow. And we talked about that, right? Um, So getting everybody to hey, this is still a fight, this is still or still a stage for a match, whatever. I don't care. Get your damn gun out. Get it up. Get it pointed where it should be without crowd and cover start moving and engaging things and the pieing aspect of it was you had a decent idea of where the bad guy was so it should have been a fairly quick pop out and shoot
0: yeah i mean we, we walked through this before we did it exactly uh and then we just changed all the number or do we yeah we changed all the numbers um between every shooter so you yep. couldn't game the stages yep or couldn't game the stage entirely except for the
1: first steel plate and the last steel yep. plate because you knew where they were they weren't going to move and you had to shoot them twice yeah uh one other thing that we to add just as a quick detail two shots, two a zone hits to neutralize the shoot targets uh, no hits for the no shoots obviously yeah. so so first things first, you know we talk about that we talk about how there was a little bit of alacrity missing there was a little bit of a sense of urgency missing in engaging the target, which then translated into maybe a lack of sense of urgency moving to the next firing position. Um, which then brought into play something that we've been harping on, which is coming into position with the gun up. A lot of guys, because they perceive this as a tactical invitation to contact. Um, for whatever reason, we're tucking the gun in and moving with the gun tucked in, getting into the next position, then extending the gun, then starting to pie. Versus coming into the next position where you knew you obviously had a point of cut co- or something to clear, coming into position quickly with the gun up. And as soon as you can start seeing stuff, engage in whatever you need to engage and do whatever you needed to do. So it got slowed way, 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 way down. Um, And and, and there's a part of me that I I guess if, you know, I get that to some extent, but if the goal is to either leave, you're trying to leave the structure or you're trying to get to something to solve one or the other, um, you know, I I don't know that I necessarily want to waste the time. But then there's talk about, you know, where's your pulse rate at, how quickly you're recovering, and a bunch of really – things that seem like they should be minutiae that actually matter. So how are you utilizing yeah. those types of things? Um, so guys, we're coming into into that cover, moving between points of cover or points of not cover, uh, shooting ports or shooting positions just slowly. Uh, why? If I'm out in a hallway, I'm exposed. I'd rather not be in that hallway. Yeah. It's a single person any longer than I have to be. But I've got to get past that point where I'm exposed, so i got to clear it. So I'm going to try and do the movement between those clearance points pretty quickly, pretty aggressively yep. get to that point and then clear it in a safe fashion for me. Um, hopefully not for the bad guy. Hopefully it's really not safe for him or her. Yeah. Right. And then move to the next position. Um, so there was some weirdness about that. Cause we've done a lot of, uh, you know, the last few pistol training nights we've done have been a lot about getting into position aggressively with the gun up, ready to go. And it it's, That is, for our group of guys, for the most part, is not something that I would say that people are doing on a subconsciously competent level or an unconsciously competent level. It's something everybody kind of, you know, when you point it out, it's like, oh, crap, okay, Um, let's get into position quicker, come in in with the gun hot and clear and go. If, If you were looking at it from a perspective of, I have all the time in the world, I have the advantage over the bad guy because I'm utilizing cover and clearing something, maybe I get that, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, I mean even still if I'm coming in to cover, I want if the gun's up and ready, it's giving me reaction time. Yeah, that favor. for sure. That for sure. Yeah.
1: Looking rather looking through your sights as you're clearing than looking over the gun as you're clearing or whatever. And there were points where guys a couple times and I'm not going to name names, but there were guys who came in with the gun almost like either in a, like a high port or or not like quite like a, temple index like but like high port ready. and started to look without even having it extended and it's like hey okay stop you know let's look through the sites let's do work through the sites we don't have to shoot everything the sites cover um but the reality check is i want the sites there already if we know there's a bad guy or we know there's going to be hostiles we have to figure out who they are um and there's a conversation around do i want the gun pointed at a at a no shoot um I know I don't. I don't want the gun pointed at a no-shoot. So you can work over your sights, but having the gun ready to go and be able to just bring it up and take the shots, a lot better way to do business. So uh, just some things to think about there. Um, And then along with the movement, same conversation when you went to the the third and fourth points of cover where you had some hard corners to clear and some different things of that nature. Um, Again, getting there. Rapidly getting in position with the gun up and moving and doing work through your sights or just over your sights if that was appropriate. Um, but, but everybody kind of learning occurred. Learning occurred. People got on it. The other thing was the distances were close enough that the first couple shots were kind of tentative, cautious, wanted, wanted to go where they go. And then you start realizing I'm at 10 or 12 yards. So I can pretty much damn near double an A zone. If I need to do a makeup, I can do a makeup and go on. Yeah. So, um, interesting night. The other thing that came up in this, and and there's you know, and this is this is a, I don't know why this is a controversial concept because it's not. Um, Topping off, you had an opportunity. You had a lot of targets to engage. You're engaging each target with multiple rounds. Um, there's a point at which you say, okay, I know I've gotten through maybe two thirds of a magazine. I'm by myself. Um, You know, is there a lull in the action? There's a lull in the action until a bad guy pokes his head out with an AK and starts shooting at you, and then there's no longer a lull. But there's also the conversation around, if I'm gone two-thirds of the way through a magazine, or I know I'm halfway through a magazine, why not top off, retain that mag, etc., and move on? Um, There's a mea culpa on that one, because I I chose not to do that. I chose to keep the gun in the fight. Um, There's, a, I think, a minor argument for keeping the gun in the fight, Um, and the minor argument fails where you have to go to an emergency reload.
0: Which everybody did at some point. Exactly.
1: So the minor argument fails. The major argument is um, if you can manage your ammunition, quite honestly, not having to tell somebody to keep their gun topped off in a class is the mark of that person probably being a little more experienced. Um, So, you know, retention, you know, reload with retention or or whatever you want to call it, tack load, top off, whatever, non-emergency reload. Um, I think is the major argument, is the winning argument, because reload when you can, not when you have to kind of conversation, and almost everyone ran into that reload where you have to. Now, to some extent, we run some of these drills with a mindset where I'll, I won't top off the gun because I want to get the reload in, but is that a better skill drill to practice than getting attack reload in?
0: Yeah, In the middle of it. In, it, in this case, like the opportunities, because it was yep. four separate engagements, Exactly. Yep. Um, you had... You had the chance. definitely had opportunities yep. to perform attack reload. Yep. Uh, and if you perform the attack reload correctly, yeah. uh, the gun is left with one round in the chamber ready to go. Yep. And only that one round in the gun for like half a second, maybe a second. If you do it right. If you do it right. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going like mag out, mag in.
1: Yeah. And yep. it's now it's, still in the mag. And so let's talk about that. Um, there the the bifurcation of thought around tactical reloads. Um, is that it is it is something that a lot of people... It, it is a fairly difficult skill to get a mag out, um, to either L them out like you would a rifle mag, um, or to stack them with a the finger between, like they teach, you know, like kind of the gun sight method. I don't know, probably somebody else came up with that, but I'll credit the gun sight because I see their instructors teaching that a little more religiously and have for decades. Um, but that mentality... A a tack reload under duress in a real-world situation is a tough thing to do. Guys fumble it, this, that, and the other. And in a team environment, it's no big deal. Because you got 7 or 10 or 12 other studs there with rifles likely backing you up on tack reload. Okay, cool. Um, As an individual out in the world, I, I, I still think there's a significant argument for if you've run through more than half of your magazine and you have either a point of domination or a point of cover, preferably both, you know, a cover where you can reload from, and that would be my my only argument for this conversation is you're standing dead foot in a hallway doing it, and you don't have cover. So if somebody did pop out, there's nothing to step behind. Um, but having said that, when you know you've got a target to engage and you're out of bullets, that kind of sucks too. So at least you'd have one in the gun with a tac reload. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of arguments for and against tack reloads. I think the argument for if you can put more ammo in the gun while you're not being actually engaged by a bad guy Um, that would be the time to put more ammo in the gun, not while you're actually being engaged by a bad guy. Uh, Leaving yourself with one round is way better than having none and having began an engagement, and the bad guy now knows where you are. You're hoping you're behind cover, in theory, when you're engaging a bad guy. These were hallways. If you pretend they're cinder block hallways, then let's hope the bad guy doesn't have an AK, or not six, or a 308, because it will shoot through cinder blocks with just a couple shots. And If, if it's a
0: residential hallway, it's just Well, or
1: just drywall. I mean, it could be yeah. commercial and still be just drywall with metal studs.
0: And then it's concealment.
1: And then it's concealment, and you've just stepped out, exposed yourself, identified where you are to the bad guy, and then not been able to finish the job. And what are you going to step back behind? Drywall. So I think the argument for the tack reload wins the day. Is it something that you want to spend you know, more than 5% of your time training? Is it something you want to spend more than... Probably not even five percent, but is it something you should know how to do? Yep, absolutely. Is it something you can you can get to
0: a mastery level with dry fire? Absolutely,
1: absolutely, for sure, for sure, for sure. So yeah, so that that was a and that was a topic of conversation that came up that I think requires people to think through um, because, like I said, I, I'm not the, the tack reload thing is a uh, to me is sometimes a greater risk than it's worth. I want to be through two thirds of a mag before I even think about doing a tack reload as an individual person out in the world. Yeah. yeah. And then the environment's going to dictate that too.
0: Yeah. The, the more surprising thing was several people were like, yeah, the idea of attack reload never even crossed my mind. Yep. Um, so it is It is a good skill to have. Yep. It is a good skill to have available and to be thinking about maybe I should do this.
1: I think, it's a, I think the attack reload's a necessary skill to have, not just a good one. I think it's necessary. I just think you need to be judicious in its use and when you choose to do it. Um, if, I'm, if I'm in a gunfight in a parking lot against one crazy dude, not a group of people, and I can see everything around me, um, then attack reload becomes a different conversation. When I'm in an environment where I know there's probably multiple bad guys, and I, and I know that I'm going to have to engage them or at least get past them to get out of that environment, at that point, finding room to make sure the gun's topped off versus burning the bad guy to the ground, seeing what's going on, scan, assess, reload. Yeah. And then go from there kind of conversation versus knowing there's a really good probability or thinking there's a really good probability. I'm still going to have to engage more things tells me the tackler becomes a lot more necessary at that point. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so that, that was, so it, it turned, the night turned into one of the things where we kind of got, you know, without going directly to the after action, is there anything else? Cause we just worked our way around a bunch of different things, but I think it brought the putting it all together aspect of that drill yeah. Brought together some fundamental things that just simply weren't happening.
0: A lot of that is what we call running the gun. Yep. Um, you know, running the gun being that you know keeping it keeping it hot, keeping it loaded. Yeah. Uh, keeping it in you know, where it's able to be used. Yeah. Uh, we didn't see too much of the. I'm pying a little bit. I'm pulling the gun back. I'm pying a little bit more. I'm pushing the gun forward. Yeah, we got past that. We got past that. We got past um, that. We definitely saw that. We did this the previous. Kind of the same same kind of training event about a year ago. and yeah. We saw. Those kind of things a year before. So let's talk about that.
1: Now. So let's talk about that. Um, we had guys who were pieing a corner. Um, you see the bad guy. They would almost like draw back into cover, set up, and then punch back out and shoot. Um, bad guys move. Most of them have feet. Very few of them are in concrete. Um, so you you drew back. and So we did the... The, the double, the Don Johnson double look, what do we call there? The peekaboo, the Don Johnson peekaboo, where you look out, you see the bad guy and you look out and shoot him. Well, you, that's, if you didn't move to a different position, now we have the crimson blossom of death. Yeah. So, um, cause you're shooting from the same position. You told the bad guy where you were, went back away and then covered yourself. So one of two things happened. The bad guy brought his gun up, pointed it to where you just were. Then you stuck your melon back out or the bad guy's no longer there. And still knows where you are. So you've lost any point of advantage. Uh, the phrase, I heard a phrase, and I wish I knew who said this. You've already paid for that real estate. If you stick your schnoz out or your eyeball out and you've looked at a piece of real estate, you've looked at that next 15 degrees of visual terrain to cover, why on God's green earth would you go backward? Yeah, I'm pretty sure
0: that's a Pat Rogers thing.
1: Is it okay? I just I want you, we'll, once you we'll once you attribute
0: it to Pat Rogers, that's fine. I'm like cool with that. Yeah,
1: once you bought that real estate, why would you leave it? So you paid for it. So you stick your nose out. If there's something there to engage, engage it, because you should be doing this over your sites or through your sites. Um, you know, engage that target rather than stepping back and doing that. Um, you know, if you now, if you're not managing your ammo properly, you jump out and you fire a round or two, and then you run out of ammo. Yeah, you should move your ass back behind cover to reload your gun, and then you should come out someplace totally other than which did happen. Yeah. You did have a couple of guys who, you know, ran dry, cleared, you know, loaded the gun, and went to a different position, low or whatever. A bunch of guys who just came back out in the same place. That that happened too. That absolutely happened too. So, um, so yeah. So this was a kind of a so again that sidebar. The, the peekaboo thing is horseshit. If you've looked and it's there, shoot it. Um, if you've already looked at that piece of ground, you own it. Stay there. Do whatever it is you're doing visually. Figure it out. And some guys were like, because there was math involved, they would pop out. You get that flash presentation of the visualization in your head, and you're working off of that memory, that kind of burn-in, that retinal burn-in memory. Mm-hmm. And then you poke back out once you've done the math. No. No. Um, and this is math. So it's a little bit different than a guy with an AK who you look out, it's not pointed at you, but he sees you and starts to turn towards you. That's a little more visceral, a little easier to figure out, I would think, than doing math. But, and, and there was a conversation too around, you know, this is a different kind of mental processing than you're actually going to do in a gunfight. Absolutely. But the point wasn't the type of mental processing. It was the fact that you had to mentally process was the point of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the, you know, again, as a putting it all together drill. This is not something that is incredibly complicated to do. Um, it's not something that creates any significant safety issues in any way, shape or form. I mean, this is a great flat range way of making people think that you can reproduce in a lot of different environments. Um, you know, the range that we utilize, we, we have the ability to shoot into the corner and do some different things like that at this facility. Um, even if you didn't, even if you didn't have the ability to shoot into a corner, you could still set up the majority of this and get just as much out of it, in my opinion. Um, so super, super easy to do. Um, super, super easy to think through and forces people to put, I think, kind of the whole gunfight into play to some extent, sort of going hands on with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, the shooting, like, the overall, the marksmanship was generally pretty good. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of A zone hits. Yeah, and occasional close, close C's. Cs. Occasional close Cs. Um, so, the, you know, seeing that was really good. Yeah. Um, everybody did definitely slow down with their shooting. Yeah. Um, I'd say splits were probably generally, like, 0.4 to 0.5. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, guys that we've seen in other other training events and drills, you know, easily at these distances in the, like, 0.2 to 0.25. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, people were, you know, I hate to say taking time to make their hits, but people were making their hits. Yeah. Um. And again, it was kind of a, you didn't want to shoot the targets, didn't need a shot. Yep. And to to successfully, you know, what would it be, neutralize the target, it was two A zone hits. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just two hits somewhere on the cardboard. Yeah. And it was. Um, so, we kind of injured the action. What, 10, 12 scene. yards? Anywhere from like 7 to probably 20. Okay. Most yeah, of the Yeah, I on which target. Most of, the of them were, were like ten to twelve.
1: Yeah, and so at that point, and and again with this group of guys, I think everybody there's capable of shooting doubles, A zone doubles, um, or or A zone with a close C. And then by close C, I'm talking within an inch. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody there's capable of pretty much running A zone doubles, um, but because you change the environment, you change the paradigm. It's not a flat range drill at this point. Now you're utilizing cover. You're trying to do a couple put a couple things together. The guys backed off of that just a little bit. I'd kind of rather see him back off of that and make the hits than get sloppy and go fast um, for for this type of drill Mm -hmm. in this environment. But it's another one of those things, like footwork, like aggressiveness, uh, both in movement and in going to the target aggressiveness. um, And then also in um, running the gun on doubles at a distance and knowing what distance is reasonable for you those were like three or four things that came out of this that give us more drills to work on. So that's the whole thing of putting it all together is now it allows you to step back and say, okay, what are we working on next? Yeah. And now we have identified three or four things that we could all work on more and go from there. And so not only was this a good opportunity to kind of force you to slow things down, figure things out, make sure you're doing it right. It also gave you as kind of a bellwether for, okay, now here's some other things we can work on because it really brought them to light again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and and I, you know, the putting it all together kind of drills are great if you have the foundational stuff hammered out. Uh, the shooting, shooting was, I'd say, was unconsciously competent in most most cases. Um, even if it wasn't we, doubles, the shooting was solid. Yeah, we we say
0: shooting in this case. I think we're referring to the marksmanship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah purely just the marksmanship aspect of it was pretty much unconscious once you'd identified the target. Um, some guys really need to work on their math. Um, but some of them went to art school, so it's okay. Um, and then some of us need to understand the difference, me specifically, between what an odd number and an even number is. Um, because 16 is not an even number, um, but it was a great hit. I think I actually hit the A. You mean it's look- not an odd number? No, so I'm saying. 16's not. Was, well, is not an odd number. I shot the yeah. even once yep. um, and then realized as I was pressing the shot that 16 an even number, not an odd number. Um, and while I didn't go to art school, I did go to OU. So, it math, was... math, it happens. Yeah. And at that point, that was halfway through the array. That dumbass should have been prone down on the ground or should have already yeah. run off. Or just so had
0: made better friends. I
1: kind of put that on them. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, the learning definitely occurred. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, one of the other, I'd say, takeaways to this, um, one of our guys was kind of disappointed we were shooting. We had to do math, and it involves the opposite side of the brain for maybe visual responses. yeah. yeah. And part of the the design on this was the photorealistic targets. Even with the changeable props, yeah, uh, they work well. If you want the hack for doing the changeable props on the photorealistic targets, is you go to Amazon, you buy the glue stick that is Post-it glue. Yeah, uh, so you can swap the props and yeah. you change it up every time. Um, those props being flat and being printed end up being very hard to discriminate against at. Yeah anything beyond 10 yards um they all kind of look the same yeah if you have shadows and stuff it gets really hard well
1: it, to add to that
0: and it because yeah. they're they're flat you don't get the dimensionality of real yeah. world objects so we went to num we went to numbers what year ago two years ago yeah because uh, it just it solves some of the call it logistical problems of using the True. photorealistic stuff um but the, the whole idea was being able to dispassionately use violence yep. to solve problems yep. um, and to stay cool, calm, and collected yeah. while you were doing this and not just be like, oh, well, in a fight, I'm going to get super like raged up and yeah. then use that. It was like, no, you need to be like, yeah. cool and rational yeah. and we're going to stay dispassionate and we're just going to solve problems.
1: Exactly. And I, and, I do, and I don't think that he was wrong. In that there are better things to train to from a input or cue standpoint, yeah. um, from a stimuli standpoint, there are better stimuli to use to create the shoot no shoot decision making process. Um, in this case, I don't know that that was the pure intent of that. I think the pure intent of that was to break up and just make you think between targets and make you assess each target as an independent threat or not. Um, and 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 again, coming up with if you want to, if you truly want to work off of stimuli, you truly want to work off of stimuli, then you're working off of a lot of body language. Yeah. Um, and you're working off of movement. You're working off of eye movement. You're working off of, is the bad guy looking at me? And how is he looking at me? Um, how's the gun being held? Is the gun in a sole position or in a port position? Is the guy holding the gun like he's a pro and kind of trying to figure out what's going on? Or is the dude just freaking gunning people down? And so there's a lot of stimuli there that you just simply can't recreate on a flat range. That's where you go to things like Sims or Airsoft or whatever, or martial arts. You go, you know, that's, that's where you go to that. And it's, it's almost impossible to replicate that. And I think if I hope I'm agreeing with you, but what i what we found was that you still don't get enough differential stimuli from photorealistic targets To make a difference you're still doing that same processing of math kind of mentality um, where you're working through okay there's a weapon is there a badge or not okay i can shoot that guy Um, but you still don't get the visual cues of how is the guy moving we'd all like to think you know you think oh i'm a good guy i've been trained i know how to hold a gun and if if i shoot the mall shooter when the police show up they won't shoot me because i'll look like one of them maybe maybe not but it's that visual stimuli aspect of it that yeah. you, you can't get anyway. So this is a cheaper, easier way to do it. Um, because once you start taping up photorealistic targets, they become way less photorealistic too yeah. at that point. So and, and, uh, and that's, again, not disagreeing with him. He was right in that assessment. It's a totally different part of your brain, but it's an imperfect world. And, on, and in a flat-range environment, you have to, unfortunately, make compromises. And this was the compromise that logistically works essentially just as well. Yeah. Because I still little, think it's the same thing.
0: Maybe even a little better logistically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because I still don't think you're using that same part of your brain to solve whether or not that thing's a threat, even with a photorealistic target. Yeah. I still think you're doing a sort of math without movement, IQs, body yeah, language there's, cues, et There's a
0: lot of yeah. call it sixth sense type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, Tony Blauer from Spear Systems recently did a really good podcast on this. Uh, I'm going to. I've been listening to it this week. Um, it is, as it maybe gets pulled up here on my phone, uh, it's called How Fear Can Control Your Mind Yeah, on the Model Health Show. Um, really good interview. Um, Tony Blower is 40 years martial arts-ish kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, Spear System guy. Um, and, Trained
0: with all the, like, yes. DevGrew, CAG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, FBI, yes. HRT, lots yeah. of civilians, um, and yeah, lots on like fear management and how yeah. the brain works in extreme duress situations.
1: Yes. Yeah. And he's also there, he's, there's a ton of information from Flower out there. Some of it you will need to buy. Um, some of it is open source yes. information or, or, you know, and what, uh, whatnot. But, um, like Brian said, for 40 year history of working with some super high speed dudes, um, and and like anything else, you'll find guys that kind of poo-poo small parts of what he does, but on the whole, what he does is 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 very highly regarded. Um, definitely something to check out because he teaches guys to operate in high-stress environments, legit, not just kind of a theory. Yeah,
0: and soccer moms, how to navigate going to the ATM after dark.
1: Exactly. Yep. yep. Wish you could hear that. So it was my elbow. My elbow's <laughs> a deadly weapon. So all right, cool. So anyway. Yeah, good training night. Good putting it all together night.
0: Yeah,
1: um, you know, and again, flat range training is never perfect, uh, but it still can be used to bring out things that need worked on. I won't, you know, flaws, screw up, mistakes, whatever. But in general, things that need to be worked on. Yeah, room and for then improvement. The,
0: uh, the final lesson of the night yep. was um, long guns are better.
1: <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah, we uh we we did do a final our final burn it down run um with uh scorpion. Uh, with the dot optic, I think I'm running a hollow seven or hollow seven five oh seven K green. Yeah. Um, and then the Q erector suppressor on a Scorpion with a thirty five round mag and you could just go through and it was a hose fest. And I'm pretty sure it was all A's in like half the time. blah uh, blah 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 blah. It yeah. was fun. Damn. It was fun, damn it.
0: Yeah, I did it. I did one run um, with my Scorpion Micro. Uh, again, I think a Holos or a, no HD on it. Yep. Um, with the target discrimination stuff, it was twenty seconds faster than doing yep. it with the handgun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, especially you know at home, long guns uh-huh. solve problems. Yep. Um They don't just send them to Grant to get patched up. Exactly. And they significantly to be released
1: on an OR bond um, because they're a juvenile and the prosecutor office in Franklin County, the guy and their sentencing directives and stuff are stupid. Grr. All right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but long again, significantly increase the
0: odds in your favor as the good guy.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have a CZ Scorpion um, and you haven't tried a Timney Trigger... If you don't have $200, don't try the Timmy Trigger because you will want one. Um, if you do have $200, just go buy the damn thing. It's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Now, having said that, I don't feel like I have enough rounds through to say I want to stake my life on it, but um, good lord, is it better than a stock Trigger? So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool toy. Uh, on that note, as we come across
0: interesting information along with product updates and stuff, we try to post them up to our social media. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as long as the commie bastards at meta let us stick around yeah uh, on facebook search for Cap City outfitters on instagram we are capsity outfitters too uh, also we have our website capsityoutfitters.com on there you can find information such as how to do an ffl transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com also on the website you can sign up for our email newsletter it comes out once a week on fridays uh, or drop us an email to info at capsityoutfitters.com and we'll add you to the newsletter list and we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we're here 10 to 5 Tuesday through Friday. Uh, and then Saturday from at least 10 to 3. Yep. Uh, yep. Check the website for what we're going to be doing after Labor Day on Saturdays. And we'll go from there. We'll All right. to see you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.